Hello friend, here's Anna and Maria setting with another episode of the Aim Sisters podcast. Thank you so much for spending your precious time with us. In this episode, we wanted to talk about reconciling with the past and healing. I think it's a very fitting topic because we're still in the beginning of the year. And we talked about, you know, um, manifestation and planning things for your year ahead. But I guess it's also important to look back and to be able to face your past. Mm -hmm. To be able to reconcile with everything that happened. And with things that are still happening because of things that were lingering from the past. Yeah. So, I guess many people had the chance to go back home during the holidays. Or they had a chance to meet their family members or people that they haven't seen in a while. Mm -hmm. And although it can be really nice and fun and, you know, heartwarming, it can also be very triggering for some people, yeah. depending on your situation and your relationship with your family members. Because I think, like, family relations are very idealized during the end of the year. Think about Christmas and watch all those Christmas movies and... Think about all those things is like a big celebration and in actuality a lot of people don't live in a fairy tale like that. They have relationship problems and they don't get along with a cousin and they don't really like this and that and people can argue and little things can come up. So it can be triggering, you know, and even mm -hmm. like looking back into a version of yourself that those people used to know that you're no longer and they still treat you like that, that can be triggering. And I think that's been happening not only over the holidays, but some people moved back with their parents or caregivers because of the situation we are right now. So I think it's a, an important topic to discuss. And a friend of mine was even making a joke about it. Like, um, during this time of the year is a time you really have stuff to talk about and you really have stuff to work through. And usually therapists are on vacation. <laughs> You know, your psychiatrist, your psychologist are not there to support you, really. Yeah, it really sucks because, you know, you want to be able to talk about those things with someone you trust. But if you don't have the chance to talk to your therapist right now or with a friend that you trust, well, maybe you can do a little bit of your inner work with us today in this episode. Yeah. Because we're diving into those topics, you know, dealing with family members and dealing with your own past and reintegrating things and if you're interested in those topics i think you're really going to enjoy you know this conversation today mm -hmm. maybe really helpful and yeah. i guess it's just like a conversation as well because you know things that may work for us may not be the best way for you and we're always flexible when it comes to you know facing your own things and going through your own healing journey because everyone is in a different stage in their lives So I guess we could start talking about, you know, just going back home. Mm -hmm. Like, how do you feel going back home? Maybe that's the number one thing that comes up. Mm -hmm. What do you feel when you're back? So probably you guys have experienced this at some point. Like you reach your childhood home and you open the doors and everything is the way you left. You know, you changed so much. You've seen a lot of different things, but the place still the same or you enter your childhood bedroom and you still have the same furniture and the same colorful you know pillows and the toys and stuff like that you're like oh god nothing changed here of course you weren't there but it can cause a feeling of familiarity but strangeness together and 
our friend psychologist Freud has a term to explain this. He calls it the uncanny. And the uncanny is exactly that. When you find something familiar and alien and strange at the same time, so when you find familiar objects misplaced or you found that you are misplaced in a familiar setting. And also he says that is all the feeling of experiences in adulthood that can remind you of an earlier psychic stage of being. So Basically your childhood or your, or yeah. your teenage years is like a different psychic, psychic stage, stage, you know, like exactly. just looking back to your past, you're basically seeing mm -hmm. that. And I think what we have to like take a look, a deeper look is like, why do we feel like this? Usually it's because, you know, maybe you were kind of a misfit child and you didn't really belong anywhere and you felt lonely and you didn't have many friends, but now you have a pretty good social life and you, you know, you're a pretty decent adult. <laughs> And you look back and you can remember how you felt when you were young. And you're like, this is still a part of me. I mean, sometimes you can feel how, how you used to feel before. And sometimes it's so visceral that you feel in your whole body. Yeah. Or you even start like, almost like acting as that mm -hmm. person again because of the feelings. And because of the environment. Yeah. Because our environment can condition us so much to be like that. And also, like I said, people that raise you or who were around you when you were in that stage of development they remember the way you used to be not who you are now because they haven't lived with you so fair enough but it can be very triggering and even the opposite imagine you were a super popular kid and you had a lot of friends and you know got golden medals for sports and all those things maybe like picked a high school <laughs> Yeah, I mean, maybe you're not like that anymore, you know, and your definition of success has not to, nothing to do with those things. And it just is like, am I successful enough? Because I had those things when I was, when I was a child. So in either way, if you're the quiet child or the super extrovert, popular kid, I think you're going to still have those triggering moments and like sensations in your psyche and in your body, they'll tell like, wait a second, I think I need to reintegrate some aspects of myself here. Yeah, that's so true. And um, maybe those triggering moments, they can be so challenging that you don't know how to behave, you don't know how to act, mm -hmm. you know, because sometimes it may feel it's not a safe environment for you to be in to start off, you know. So when you're faced with challenges, I guess like feeling weird or strange in the environment you knew before can be one thing, mm -hmm. but the other is when you feel like that, plus family drama, plus mm -hmm. arguments, plus intrigues, plus unhealed stuff that are not only like your unhealed stuff, but other people's, you know? Mm -hmm. So once you're like used to being alone for a long, for a long time, you're just like, I'm having to deal with my own business <laughs> so you don't have to do with other people's business <laughs> and when you go back home actually everything becomes mixed up I guess it's one big pot you can't really run away it feels yeah exactly so my my sister Anna she has a a point of view on that you know like how can you cope with all this environment mm -hmm. and I guess we have a little bit of a difference in opinions here But I think it would be nice for her to share first and then I'll go with my take on that. 
All right, so I'm a person who doesn't like drama. I really don't. Oh, me neither. Yeah. We don't like drama. In general. We're, we're, sick we're very of chill. We're sick of drama. Yes. Yeah. But the way we deal with that is a bit different. So facing the situation of estrangement that I talked about, um, I think I face it in a way of having a visitor mindset, as I call it. And a visitor mindset, I understand it as, you know, you keep certain distance and you kind of, you're kind of detached from the situation that is going on. So for instance, you go to your childhood home, there is already a set of relationships, set of, set of interactions, set of ways of doing things and behaving and schedules and everything. Like the household is functioning in a certain way and I don't want to disrupt that. Even though sometimes the relationships or the things that are going on is not like the most, um, you know, it could be better. I see they could be better, but I, I know that interacting, trying to intervene is going to cause certain chaos before it becomes normal. So I just adopt this mindset of, okay, I'm just passing by here and I don't want to disrupt how things are going. And I think this is okay if you're in a situation where you know people don't really respect your boundaries and they can be too demanding or all those things. And also... Yeah, it can be a coping mechanism, like a way to defend yourself. Because, you know, if you try to intervene, things might go down in a way that you're not expecting. But also, I don't think it's necessarily good all the time, but it's not necessarily bad all the time. I think you have to assess in what situation you're in. If you feel people around you are pretty good people that can listen and, you know, be more malleable, you can adopt a um, kind of a more permanent mindset and try to adjust yourself into their lifestyle and try to become part of the family and all those things. But if you're really just tired of everything that is going on, the visitor mindset can be an option. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree in certain points. I think it's very like a protective mechanism to deal with your family in this way. Um, but I think it's important to talk about boundaries, you know. If you're in an environment where you feel people ask too much of you, when those things are like physical things you can literally see, like asking you favors or asking you to do stuff, or, you know, maybe even your physical space, when people don't ac acknowledge your physical space, this can literally say to you, I need my boundaries here. But we don't really see when we need boundaries on an emotional level sometimes, which is something even more difficult, I think, because first, it's difficult to recognize, and second, how can I establish emotional boundaries, you know, without locking yourself up, without being far away from everyone? And I think that's important as well. You know, if you're in a situation where people are not so healthy or they haven't embarked on their healing journey or anything like that, it can be very triggering for you to be back in a situation like that and maybe you feel like oh I've done so much in your work I've thought so much about myself I've done so many hours of meditation or whatever and here I am again feeling triggered by the same old stuff you know and it can be really frustrating but it doesn't mean that your work didn't work <laughs> you know it actually did and now you're being able to face the situation from a different perspective 
And if you see that you're in a situation where you feel you have a safe space within yourself, if you feel safe to, you know, deal with people around you and then go back to your own place within yourself and be okay, I think you should be able to help others, you know, if there are people you really care about. But if you're in a place where you feel bad about yourself, where every time you try to help or, you know, people demand too much of you emotionally, you cannot find the space within yourself where you can go back and feel okay, then I think you should think about yourself first. Because if you're not okay, you cannot help anyone either way. But it's really difficult. Like, I feel if there's someone you need near you, you kind of want to help, you know, especially if you're there, like your family. But through this process of, like, knowing more about yourself and trying to heal yourself, you also have to acknowledge that you need this space, you need those boundaries. You cannot, you cannot go back to that space where you just feel bad about yourself because of other people. Can you give us a, an example of what is a triggering situation or something like this? It can be anything, like people treating you the way they used to treat you before and you really don't like it. Or you don't like a way, like your parents do something or the way they deal with a certain situation. And you feel very triggered by that. You know, why can't you just talk about it yeah. and figure things out, you know? Why do you have to run away from this? Or why do you have to be so explosive about a topic? You know, like, please be rational, but people are not rational. People are emotional and people have wounds and all this speaks louder than your rational m mind, you know? So I think in every situation would be a different thing, but so many things can be triggering. Yeah, I agree. That's why it's like a fine line between trying to just ignore during the holiday seasons and during the time you're home. Like, I know I'm staying for short and I'm just trying to survive and go through the situation without causing chaos. Um, and the other hand is like, uh, I really want to help them. I really want to see that, like, I can see the situation clearer. I'm an adult. I can actually talk to them about those issues that I couldn't as a child. Um, but you know it's gonna, you know, stir the pot. <laughs> Because if you see, like, people who are in that situation, they are dealing with the same thing, the same way they used to, like, from 10, 12, years ago. Yeah. you know, 20 years ago. But you're different now because you've grown up, you left your home, you're seeing things from a different perspective. So you see how things can be worked through, they can be worked out, mm -hmm. you know. So you want to help. Yeah. But how can you do that without mm -hmm. hurting yourself? That's the point. And that's when those emotional boundaries come in place, I guess. Exactly. Like knowing until which point you can go without mm -hmm. getting hurt. Or, you know, finding a an, an strategy for you to deal with the situation without getting hurt. For example, um, if somebody needs therapy or they need, they need healing and they never really try to do anything like that because they're not interested in or because they never heard about it, or anything like that. And you, because you're listening to us, I know, you've heard something about healing. So what do you do? You can try to talk to them, maybe nothing will resonate, and they'll be like, what? I don't care. Or maybe they will open up, eventually, to the possibility of healing. Mm -hmm. and, they, and then you can recommend like a therapist. 
or a healing professional or anyone like this who can work with that person and not yourself because for you to do the healing work it's really hard when it's like someone you know so well yeah i think the trick here is to find the right place right time to introduce those things and to kind of create an environment that you can talk about those things actually without making the person who obviously needs some help feel attacked or feel like oh they're just saying i'm crazy you know and that's why i think it's so hilarious and so weird how the world works because like if someone that is your close friend or a family member that actually cares for you come and say hey i think you need a therapist you're gonna some people are gonna be pissed off and like what who do you think you are and of course i don't need that you need one and if they see a video on youtube of a random person saying like explaining some you know some issues some psychological issues you can self-diagnose and say okay i need a therapist you know and i think this is very funny <laughs> in a twisted way of course um because i guess yeah. people want to be the one who say like bingo yeah i need this they don't want to be told what to do exactly So that's why like finding the right space to talk about those things is very important and presenting it as like a solution, not a solution, but like, hey, this might help you out. Not just pointing out like, hey, you need help, you know, there's a difference there. And I know sometimes you may want to give up on that person. Maybe, you know, like I tried, I really tried, you know, but maybe trying another strategy will work. Mm -hmm. So... Hopefully you're not passing through any situation like that. But if you are, we have hope for you, mm-hmm. you know. People are not easy. Most complicated thing on planet Earth. And I guess it's also important to mention that if you decide not to help someone because you don't have the space to do that, you don't have the mindset to do that, it's okay. But also knowing that healing is your responsibility is important. Because even though like your parents may not know, your grandparents may not know that their problems are going to pass through generations, their trauma, their wounds and everything, you know that. If you've been listening to us, if you are interested about healing all, all of that, probably you've heard about, you know, those things being passed through generations. Intergenerational trauma. Intergenerational trauma, for example. So, you know... I guess it's important to deal with your past either way. Because you care for someone or because you care for yourself. Mm-hmm. If you don't deal with your family stuff right now, probably you're gonna have to do that on the long run. So, you know, try to find help if you need. But that's the thing. Um, I think if you're in a situation that you know you tried, you know, you really tried and you can't change the person around you, at least... Do it for yourself. You know, you don't need to change someone else. And old people, sometimes it's harder to change. But look what are the impacts of other people on you, on your family members, on all those things. Because, well, first you notice something's wrong. Just by noticing is a big fit, I think. And by doing that, you can actually try to uncover, like, why do I have this limiting belief? Why do I think I'm not worth of love? Why do I think I'm not worth of abundance? Why do I think, you know, life has to be hard or have a victim mindset or many other things? 
if you identify those things in yourself, you take the responsibility to change them because it's going to change your life in a huge way. Not only yours, but like if you have kids one day or other people that you look after, their change is going to, their life's going to be changed as well because you took the time to break the pattern, you know, yeah. and it's a big thing. So healing is the first step. Mm-hmm. Healing yourself is the first step. And actually, like, going back home is the fastest way of healing because it's going to be, first, very painful if mm-hmm. you have something to heal. But that's the point, like you said. Try to recognize what you need to heal. Mm-hmm. All those when, you, when you're triggered. Mm-hmm. When you're triggered, that's what you need to heal. Exactly. You know, going back home, it's going to be like, trigger, trigger, trigger. Hopefully not, but I mean... In if our it case, is. it kind of, kind of is, yeah. Not all the time. But not all the time, sometimes. but some, you know, small things that we thought we wouldn't care anymore. Mm-hmm. We still care a little. And it's like, oh, I need to work on that. Like, I thought it was all right, but if I still feel bothered in some, any way, shape, or form, it's because there's something there to be healed. And I think it goes back into, like, reintegrating parts of yourself as well. Like you were saying at the beginning of the, the episode, like that strange feeling you have when you go home and you remember who you used to be and you are no longer. The thing is, if you feel uncomfortable about that, tell me why you feel uncomfortable about it, you know? Like, if, you, if you're chill, if you're okay, like, yeah, I used to be that, I'm fine with that, I evolved and I'm this person, great. Probably you integrated a lot. But if the feeling of like who you used to be bothers you in some way is like you didn't really accept who you used to be yeah and i feel like sometimes looking to older versions or younger versions of yourself or to your past can be hurtful mm-hmm. because you don't want to remember a phase of your life where you were angry all the time or where you were upset or where you were having depression for example Or when you couldn't deal with anything in your life. Everything was a mess. You don't want to go back there. But you know, you have to have compassion and forgiveness. And send love to that part of yourself. Mm -hmm. Because it's still you. Mm -hmm. It's still part of who you are. Even though you don't define yourself as that person anymore. Even though you don't have those feelings of anger anymore. Frustration. Pain. You don't have this in your reality anymore. But if you don't reintegrate that into... And, you know, give space for that to be within yourself. You're never going to be whole and okay. And I think this reminds me a lot of traditional shamanism. Because in many traditions, there is something called soul retrieval. In which the shaman actually goes and helps in a trance, basically. Um, helps the client find the, the person's soul. So... They go into the spiritual realm and find, like, what was the moment your soul broke, literally. Mm. Like, you felt so unsafe, so hurt, that you couldn't handle any broke. And usually it's a part of your younger self. And probably, you know, in some traditions, they are literally hiding. Because they don't want to be found. Like, if I'm found, that little part of you can, can be like, if I'm found, she's going to be in pain again. He's going to be in pain again. And, like... I don't want to suffer anymore. So usually it's very hard. So in some traditions, even the shamans have to convince the soul to come back. Like, it's safe now. You can come back. You're not going to suffer. You're not going to cause pain either. And even if you're not into shamanism, of course, not everyone is into that. 
or from that lineage that do those things. But you can do this process by yourself. Usually when we look into the past, we have like snippets, like little pieces of memory. And usually those are not from moments when everything was fine. Usually you remember kind of relevant moments or impactful moments. And unfortunately, some of those are painful. So if you remember those things, but you, you have some resistance and you're like, I actually don't really want to look back there, but my mind keeps going there. Maybe that's the moment you need to reintegrate. Like, why are you feeling shame? Are you feeling sadness? Are you feeling loneliness? What is that? And when you understand that and forgive whatever happens, other people, yourself, you might be able to express those emotions better and don't feel them anymore. I think it's so interesting, like, you talking about that made me remember that. I think I have some memories that are not real. Like, I have memories that I created, and I think they're real. I think they really happened, and I can feel it totally, like, vividly in my mind. But they didn't happen, I think. And I guess that's almost like how real feelings can be, mm. you know? It's not because you don't have... Um, clear memory of a situation where your soul was broken into pieces, for example, that it didn't happen. Sometimes you have a different memory from that. Or sometimes your pain was so big or your happiness was so, was so big as also that you create a memory out of that. Mm. You know, you make a whole scenario out of that because that's how bad or how good you felt. <laughs> Which is like crazy, but I don't know if you feel like that. Let me know. Because I think I'm not alone in that, you know, creating memories. Yeah, I think memories, like the brain itself is very complicated and it can expand and it can change. Like if the connection synapses and stuff in the brain changes, your memory will change. I guess not only that, not in terms of the brain itself, but like everything you believe in mm. is your reality. Yeah. So if you believe you fell down when you were three, you did. Because mm -hmm. that was your reality. Maybe not when you were three because you didn't fall down, but if you believe now, that's your reality. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like even if you see like what people I recommended to see on YouTube or whatever, that's their reality. They only see that because, you know, another person is going to see something totally different because that's the algorithm, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? So, But I think I, talking about the brain itself, if you see, for example, if your eyes the cell of your eyes can't really capture everything. Your brain is gonna connect the image basically based on previous things you saw in the past. So probably half of what we're seeing is just uh, filling up space of, of our brain that is doing the job, you know. So it may not even be a reality. I think that's really like clear when we watch a movie many times. Mm. You watch for the first time, you see one thing. You watch for the second time first, your notion of time changes. Yes. Second, you start seeing things you didn't see before, because now you know more. If you watch for like 50 times the movie, you're going to see more and more and more. It's crazy. Mm -hmm. It's so amazing. But yeah, guys. So take care of yourself and really, we're here for you. Take your time to process everything that's been through your holidays, beginning of the year. And we just wanted to end this episode with a message. And like we said, we're doing um, Oracle card 
At the end of the episode, this one is the Daily Crystal Inspiration. And the card we got today is the Agate. What is it, sis? Well, first of all, I'm going to try to describe briefly the image. The image, yeah. Because that was your message for the week, something that could help you out. Mm -hmm. And the Agate is a crystal that is blue on the center and kind of yellowish, brownish on the outer on the outer corner. Yeah. It has a hollow space in the middle and it kind of irradiates from the center. So the colors change like light blue and then gets darker and light blue again until it becomes this brownish, yellowish color at the edge. It's very beautiful. Yeah. So the message of the agate is to get back into balance. I guess it's really fitting for what we talked about. Mm -hmm. You know, find your balance, find your way. And... I guess the crystal action is balance is my natural state of being. So if you feel like doing so, repeat this affirmation with me. Balance is my natural state of being. So I really hope today you guys can feel more balanced and that you can integrate things from your past and go in a, into equilibrium, you know? Yes. Be happy and free and balanced. I hope you guys have a lovely week ahead. If you're interested, we have a blog post on the topic. Um, the link is on the description. And if you liked the podcast, we would really appreciate if you give us a review. It really helps. You can check more things on our site, amsisters.com. And thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much. See you next week. And bye-bye.